Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. One more week. It's felt like it's been about two months since North Dakota State obliterated South Dakota State in the national semifinals, 44-21 to to earn their seventh trip to Frisco, Texas in the last eight years. And here we stand. Seven days from now, seven days from right now, you are going to be in the parking lot of Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas, tailgating. You're going to see that stadium, those familiar light poles rising above the skyline off the Dallas Parkway, or you're going to be somewhere in Fargo or Moorhead or Bismarck all across 740, the fans' greater listening area getting ready to watch North Dakota State play for another national championship. And it all starts one week from today. How glorious is that? The three-week interim period just feels like it gets so long. There's there's so much packed into that three-week period. You got the, the excitement and the highs and the euphoria of beating the Jack Rabbits in the semifinals. And then after that, it's the planning for Frisco, talking to your buddies, travel arrangements, hotel arrangements. What are we doing? What are we going to see down there? And then you got Christmas and Christmas Eve and time with family and friends and maybe a few days off of work. And then there's this last week between Christmas and winter weather and all kinds of snow. Hopefully you're dug out from that, get the snow blowers and shovels going. Then there's New Year's Eve and ringing in 2019. And right after that, right after you're done recovering from New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, you're jumping in a car, heading down I-29. Hopefully you got 7.40 a.m. the fan. Tuned in or podcasted because we've got so much great Frisco and national championship coverage. You can check out 740 The Fan's homepage at 740thefan.com if you need to pass some time driving south on I-29 from Fargo to Frisco. I've got a recommendation for you. Check out some of the Heard It Here with Swanee podcasts, some buys and coverage from Chase Miller. We'll have him here on the show later this morning. You can check out the Bison Illustrated podcast at bisonillustrated.com to get you ready for everything Frisco, Texas, as North Dakota State takes on Eastern Washington for another national championship. And this one, this one, folks, it it has a feeling a little bit like a coronation, kind of like 2013, doesn't it? Now, I'm, I'm not saying take it for granted, and I, I know some of you have hit me up on Twitter saying, oh, we got to win the game. We got to win the game. Swanee, the game hasn't been played yet. 
Well, I'll tell you what, I feel pretty confident about the outcome of this game. And if North Dakota State plays like North Dakota State has been playing over the course of the season, North Dakota State will be raising another national championship trophy high into the Dallas Frisco sky one week from today after defeating Eastern Washington. And that's the thing about this Bison team, why I am so confident as a fan. It's not because I'm disrespecting Eastern Washington. It's not because I'm discounting the play of their sophomore sensation quarterback, Eric Berrier, the young fella. I think he's even a freshman. Did I say sophomore? That dude is talented, man. He's talented. They got some skill guys. They got a receiver who's pretty good. Offensively, as far as total offense goes, they're the number two ranked team in the country, putting up approximately five. 140 yards per game. North Dakota State isn't too far behind them. North Dakota State is number 16 in the country offensively, racking up 471 yards per game. But how many games have we seen North Dakota State pull back on the reins in the second half after amassing big halftime leads against opponents week after week after week? How many games? Have we seen North Dakota State at the 28 or 31 or 35 point mark at halftime to slowly take the foot off the accelerator and get home with a victory? We've seen that quite a bit. So I'm not discounting what Eastern Washington has done. I'm telling you this. Here's what I'm telling you. North Dakota State has been playing their best football over the last month. North Dakota State is peaking at the right time from the Montana State game where Coach Kleiman said after that game, that was one of the best games the Bison had played all year. Coach Kleiman said that was a complete football game, and North Dakota State did whatever they wanted. Then they played a, an underrated Colgate team who, after beating James Madison in the second round of the FCS playoffs, came up to the Fargo Dome. It was a two-score game at half, and North Dakota State just swore them down because the Bison are the deeper football team. The Bison had better personnel, and that was reflected in a 35-0 win over Colgate. And then that semifinal game against South Dakota State at the Fargo Dome, one of the most anticipated games in Fargo Dome history, North Dakota State did whatever North Dakota State wanted to do in the second half against the Jackrabbits. And that's a Jackrabbits team that was flying high, man. Taron Christian, Anderson and Johnson receivers, Rose Boom, that linebacker that none of you like. They were coming in here thinking they were the team. If any team was slowing down the Bison party train going to Frisco, Texas. It was going to be John Stigemeyer's Jack Rabbits. And North Dakota State blew them out of the water. A team with a senior quarterback who led his conference in all-time yardage historically. Now, Easton Stick's the best quarterback in college football. Walter Payton, finalist, Missouri Valley Football Conference. Player of the Year on the offensive side, AP, first-team All-American, three 
time captain, 48 and 3 as a starter, juggernaut number 12, Easton Stick. But Taron Christian wasn't a slouch. If any quarterback had the clubs in the bag to take a shot at the Bison, it was Taron Christian. He's beaten the Bison twice. He's played the Bison, what, four regular season games, throw in two playoff games? He's got over a half season, literally a half season of football playing North Dakota State. He's a senior. He's experienced. He doesn't get rattled. He's played a lot of playoff games, games in Brookings, games out in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where they got waxed by JMU last year. Now North Dakota State is facing a freshman, young cat, Barry A, in the national championship game. I don't care what kind of numbers you're putting up. Barry A hasn't seen a defense like Code Green. He hasn't seen a front four and a front seven that is going to flat out get after him. Go back and watch the replay of the semifinal game of what Jabril Cox did to Taron Christian, of what Karch and Menard and Marlette and Jordheim, what the good guys did against Taron Christian. They had him boxed in. They had him flummoxed. They had him exasperated and running for his life. And you're telling me that a freshman quarterback from Eastern Washington is going to have the keys to the Golden Goose to somehow solve the mystery, the enigma, the juggernaut that is the North Dakota State defense? I don't see that happening. Eastern Washington is the number two team in total offense in the country, as I mentioned, putting up 540 yards a game. So what? So what? Eastern Washington, and our fans, what kind of gets me, guys, and I love you. Bison Nation, I love you. You are fantastic. You are some of the best fans in college football. I know we're excited to see you guys at Wild Pitch one week. Well, not quite one week, six six days from right now. The K, the fan, the fan and KFGO broadcasting talent, wire to wire, Joel Heitkamp, Tyler Axness, myself, Chase Miller, we're going to be coming to you live from Wild Pitch, and we want to see you out there, Bison Nation. We want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. We want to raise some glasses high up into the sky and celebrate this wonderful event for North Dakota State with you. But here's what's puzzling me just a little bit. I've heard from a lot of you, and you say, well, yeah, you know, the Bison might give up 28 points, but they're going to score 56. I'm telling you right now, there is no way North Dakota State is giving up 28 points to anybody, let alone Eastern Washington in a national championship game on the biggest stage there is in FCS college football after having had three weeks to prepare for these guys after being, as far as we know, fully rested and fully healed, and it should be all systems go from a personnel standpoint. There is no way this code green defense with as much talent as it has, with as many senior and junior upperclassmen experienced players, Marquise Bridges and Josh Hayes stepped on to the field starting their first game, starting their first games in last year's national championship against a pretty 
darn good James Madison team. And look at what those guys did. You remember Bridges having those interceptions? You remember them, by and large, taking Riley Stapleton from James Madison out of the football game? We're talking about guys that are sophomores and juniors that have a whole year of playing experience. We're talking about a Dan Marlette and a Levi Jordine, a couple guys from North Dakota and South Dakota, a couple guys that are stalwarts and backbones of this code green defense. We're talking about Jabril Cox, man. One of the best defenders in the FCS, if not all of college football. Adding Greg Menard, Karch, Williams, Steidel, Jones, Wagey, Grimsley, Jalen Allison, Jalen Winbush. Jalen Winbush had himself a pretty good football game against South Dakota State. That That's why I, I can't see it. I can't see Eastern Washington keeping up with North Dakota State in this football game, and we'll have all kinds of coverage, wall-to-wall on the fan and KFGO as the week goes on talking about this football game. But I don't see it as a track meet. Eastern Washington's defense, their defense is the 60th rank defense in America. And that's the big difference, one of the big differences in this football game. Now, Barry A is a good quarterback. Easton Stick is a much better quarterback. Eastern Washington's defense is ranked number 60th. That's 6-0. in the country. That's in the bottom half of the FCS. They're just one spot above South Dakota State. They're giving up almost 400 yards per game. North Dakota State's going to be able to move the ball and score touchdowns. Now, South Dakota State's defense, they kept North Dakota State in check a little bit during the semifinal game and certainly did a nice job during the regular season. But those are a bunch of guys that are used to playing the physical brand of football North Dakota State brings to the party. Now, we're going to bring on Chase Miller in a few minutes. We got some sound from Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best that will play for you. The teams have met. How remarkable is this? It doesn't feel like these teams have played Three straight years in a row. Going back to 2016, that overtime game in the Fargo Dome, North Dakota State emerging. I think the final of that one was 50-44. to Lance Dunn sealed the deal with a walk-off touchdown run. Trey Dempsey had a big interception in the overtime period. Some guy named Cooper Cup and a quart, not a quartet, a trifecta of receivers that all had a cup of coffee in the NFL were running all over the place at the Fargo Dome. Gage Gubrud. Slinging the football, he's injured. That's why Barry A is playing. And then last year in 2017, North Dakota State, especially in the second half, now that was a tight game at halftime, but North Dakota State did what North Dakota State does in the second half. It was monster truck football. They got in the big wheeler, and they just trucked him. They ran over him, and the bison went left for 15 yards and right for 15 yards, and Lance Dunn up the middle for 35 yards and a touchdown. So I'm feeling pretty pretty good about this football game. And it's not just because I'm a bison rube, which if you follow me on Twitter or listen to this radio show or check out the Bison Illustrated podcast, I will not apologize for being a bison homer, but I'm also a fairly objective football mind when I need to be. And I'm telling you this, Eastern Washington has a 60th, ranked defense in the country. North Dakota State 
has one of the best offenses, the best rushing attack, the best play-action game, the most physical offense in college football, led by the FCS Offensive Lineman of the Year, led by a running back in Bruce Anderson, who was just invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, and led by Walter Payton finalist Easton Stick, who is, I believe, the best player in FCS college football. So I feel pretty good about the outcome of this football game, but we still got to play the game. You need to be loud. You need to be loud. Aaron Best will play some of that sound coming up, talking about playing on a, a neutral field in Frisco, Texas. Does that get under your craw a little bit? Buys a nation a, a neutral field? A neutral field in Frisco, Texas? That's Fargo, Dome, Fargo Dome South, baby. That's a home territory for the buys in Eastern Washington. Couldn't even sell their full ticket allotment. Buys a nation. The noise, the cheers, the craziness will fall precipitously from the Texas skies down upon the Eagles, and the flight of the Eagles will be grounded. That's what I see coming up. But I feel pretty good about it. We're going to bring on Chase Miller from 740th Fan. We're going to break down some of these matchups a little bit more, go through the unit-by-unit comparisons as we get near the national championship game in Frisco, Texas. This is Herta here with Swanee on 740 AM. The Fan and 107.3 FM coming up after the break. We got some Eastern Washington sound for you. Two of the best programs in the FCS in the last 10 years squaring off down in Frisco, Texas, North Dakota State. The rematch from the it wasn't a fumble game that served as a catalyst for this dynasty run back in December of 2010 at Cheney, Washington's Ruse. Field as North Dakota State squares off against Eastern Washington for the third straight year. Aaron Best, the head coach of Eastern Washington, Chase. Yeah, earlier this week he was talking about that. The teams, it doesn't feel, you know, th- this game is is being hyped up as it should be, is is a game between two of the preeminent FCS powers in the last decade. But it really doesn't feel like Eastern Washington and North Dakota State have played in the last three consecutive years. Let's play that coach best sound and talk about it. Anybody, even if you play a big sky team year in and year out, because you see them, you know, once a year, having uh, now been the third straight year that we faced North Dakota State in some capacity helps, but I don't know how much it helps because you're a different team in 18 than we were in 17. We're a different team in 17 than we were in 16. Even though there are a lot of familiar faces, familiar coaches, every 60-minute every ball game is going to be different. I don't know if there's really anything we can take away, especially from that 2016 game, because you have two classes that have fully turned over, and especially for North Dakota State, playing so many young guys, including a sophomore quarterback named Easton Stick, a couple young running backs named Bruce Anderson, Lance Dunn, but especially on the the defensive and offensive fronts, there's been a lot of turnover since 2016, and and even last year, you know, Gage Gubru, the quarterback for – Eastern Washington, they're kind of just putting in a new offensive system with Coach Best, trying to be more balanced, trying to run the ball a little bit more. So they're kind of in a transition. And this year, they're they're much more balanced. They're about 50-50 when it comes down to, to rushing yards and passing yards per game. And I don't know if North Dakota State really got a flavor for that 
last year out in Cheney, Washington. Yeah, and Eric Berry is a different quarterback than Gage Gubrud is as well. You know, with Berry, he's probably more of a running threat than Gage Gubrud is with the RPO options that Eastern Washington might throw out and probably will throw out against North Dakota State. And the other thing, too, you got three straight years of playing a non-conference opponent, which doesn't happen too often unless you're playing a rival, so to speak. You know, that you're playing a Clemson is playing a South Carolina out of two different conferences, but they're in the same state and everybody wants them to play all the time. Well, now all of a sudden you look at what Eastern Washington, as you said, 20, maybe a little bit different than 2016. 2017, it was pretty much a new staff for um, Air, head coach Aaron Bessett. He had to bring guys in. And then you look at what this year's team's going to be. Arguably, this could be the best offense that North Dakota State has seen all season. Maybe not so much defensively. And then also you add in not just one week, but you add in three weeks for prepping for a team. So how much do the coaches come out with a different wrinkle or two than what the opposition has seen all year on tape? Perrier, he's running the ball for about 44 yards per game. He has seven rushing touchdowns, so he's really a dual-threat guy. He's got a, a lot of weapons at the wide receiver position. Nasimba Webster, he's averaging about 92 yards per game, 11 touchdowns, 16 yards every time he catches the ball. Just a hair under 13 yards, 1,300 yards, excuse me, on the season. And he's a guy who went off for four touchdowns in the national semifinal game against Maine. And then you've got... You know, Andrew Boston and Jason Williams, both for Eastern Washington, right below him. Uh, Boston's probably their number two wide, two wide receiver with about 531 total receiving yards on the season, just a hair under 38 yards per game. So North, North Dakota State, the defense, for as much as I talked on the opening segment, how I think North Dakota State is going to take care of business this game, Eastern Washington has some playmakers on the offensive side of the football. From a standpoint of uh, being a competitor, uh, being a winner, um, he's prepared well all season. His opportunity came sooner than, than he had anticipated, but he was ready for when that came about. And we've been efficient on offense. We've played to his strengths. And a guy that can, again, beat you with his arm and beat you with his feet, and he's highly competitive. And I think the best thing about Eric is he's unflappable. Now, that that's the thing to me, Chase, that, that really stood out when Coach Best talked about Barry A. He's a redshirt sophomore from Inglewood, California, he comes in at uh, six foot even, a buck ninety five, and if you want to have a shot to compete against North Dakota State and this really nasty, tough, cold green defense, you better be unflappable because the Bison are going to get after you, and they're going to get after him quick. And the one thing too about Eric Barrier, Swanee, I'm going to read you his stats, and you you let me know if you think this is just regular season or maybe less than ten games or not. So far, he's passed for over two thousand yards and change. He's rushed for over 600 yards and accounted for 31 touchdowns. How many think? How many games do you think that is for Eric Berry? Now you know that Gage Grubrud's been out, but how many games do you think that would normally be for a quarterback? Numbers like that, close to a regular season. When you're accounting for that many touchdowns, you'd have to think nine or ten games. Yeah, nine games, nine right, games. right, right on the money. Nine yeah. games for Eric Berry. And the only reason he's in is because of Gage Grubrud again broke his, uh, fractured his big toe on September the 29th. So we'll see what Eric Berrier can do, but he's consistently gotten better. The one game I think Bison fans will circle to is that uh, Weber State game where Eastern had a very tough time middle through the season after you know Gage Goober went down to really throw the football or run the football or do anything productive in that game against the Wildcats. So that's probably a game that you know people will circle and say, what can the Bison do to replicate what Weber State did in that particular ball game? But at the end of the day, 
He's throwing the ball deep down the field. We saw with Webster, his wideout hooked up four times with Maine. I think the big thing against going up against Barry is containing him in the pocket with the rush lanes. And then Robbie Grimsley, Allison, Wimbushes of the world, they're going to get tested maybe more so than what they have had all year coming up a week from today. Eastern Washington under Coach Best, Chase, has really put an emphasis on rushing the football, trying to be more balanced on offense. And they have a running back in Sam McPherson, who throughout the playoffs against Nichols State had 20 carries for a buck 37, two scores against UC Davis, 24 carries for a buck 43 and a touchdown. And you've, you've got to think that Eastern Washington to establish some sort of rhythm on offense to move those sticks against the Bison defense are going to look to get McPherson, you know, 20 carries against Nichols, 24 against UC Davis. That game against Maine was a route. You would think that 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 recipe to get him about 20 carries will hold serve against North Dakota State. And with a sophomore, with any quarterback, but especially a young quarterback facing probably the best defense he's ever seen in his life, you're going to want to put him. And we've talked about it on Herta Hiraswani all year about trying to put your offense in that second down and five area against the Bison defense. Because if Barrier in the Eagles offense is looking at second and eight, third and seven type of situations, North Dakota State will absolutely tee off on that guy. And if you're Coach Best and an offensive staff trying to put together a game plan, you're going to want to try to keep it in that third and five where Barrier can try to make a play with his feet, where they're a threat to run the ball or pass the ball. So I would think McPherson's got to factor heavy into the Eagles game plan come next Saturday. Without a doubt. And the one thing uh, doing that is that you keep your defense off the field. And we always say, how do you out North Dakota State, North Dakota State? Well, you kind of got to play the way the Bison play with his smash, smash, no, smash mouth physical football, if I can uh, talk here on this Saturday morning. You know, be that physical team. And if you can do that, then you have an opportunity. So running the football, allowing Eric Berry not to make mistakes with his arm, allowing the running game to become more fruition. And let's be honest, Swanee, Aaron Best is a former offensive lineman. He's a former offensive line coach. This is what he wanted to do. He doesn't want to play those shootout games like we saw in the Fargonum in 2016. That's fine when you have the right team and you can throw for that many yards. But he understands that where they're located in Cheney, Washington, it can be frigid weather conditions. And once you get into December football, you have to run the ball. And they and they saw that. They had played three home games in the national semifinals since their national championship season in 2010. And between 2011 and 2017, they lost every one of those semifinal games, which which really prompted Coach Best when, when he took over to put in a more balanced of an offense that emphasized rushing the football. And here's here's a statistic that might surprise Bison fans out there listening this morning. Eastern Washington has 3,682 yards. That's 3,682 yards rushing this year compared to 3,884 passing yards. So when you talk about being 50-50, they are almost literally 50-50 as far as the, the rush yards versus passing yards, and, and I don't expect for them to have a game plan where they just say to Barrier, go out there and throw it 50 times a game. If he's if Barrier's having to throw the ball 50 times, North Dakota State's probably winning by five touchdowns. If he's more around that you know 25 mark, kind of like where North Dakota State keeps Easton stick, then Eastern Washington will be in the football game. But I think that's that statistic will be real indicative of the outcome of the football game for an Eastern Washington team that comes in offensively one of the best in the country, 
But I think their issue will be more on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, and on the offensive side, again, this might be one of the more balanced, and you just hit it right on right on the head, Swanee, the more balanced team that NDSU has seen all season with the ability of one thing that's been kind of the Achilles heel for North Dakota State in this stretch run, and even beforehand, and probably a lot of teams feel this way, is a dual-threat quarterback. I mean, how many teams feel like Easton Stick is the ultimate dual-threat quarterback, how you have to account for him with the spy or how you have to account with him if you're going to play zone coverage um, defensively. Same thing I could say for Eric Berrier, which is he's a dual-threat quarterback. If the Bison don't fill their rush lanes properly, Swanee, he will get outside the pocket. He might be able to get three to seven yards on a rush, and as long as they do that and they can move the chains, then they have a chance against this NDSU defense. It's the other side of the ball, which a lot of people are starting to circle and probably say NDSU maybe has a, not just a slight, but maybe a bigger advantage if they take care of the ball against Eastern Washington. And we'll, we'll talk about it when we come back from the break here. The, the teams, North Dakota State and Eastern Washington, have a couple common opponents on the season, including Cal Poly and Montana State University. And you might look at that score and say, well, Yikes, uh, Eastern Washington, they only beat Montana State 34-17. to But that was before Barry A. was quarterback. And Coach Best talked about it a, a little bit throughout this last week that they're a different team. Barry A. came in. It took him a few weeks to, to kind of get comfortable in that Eastern Washington offense. But since since that really uh, bye week they had on, on October 20th, they've been putting up all kinds of numbers offensively. And Barry A. looks to be getting more comfortable week to week. want to thank Peterman Seeds, Seabird Power Sports, Essentia Health, Yonke Insurance, and Altendorf Trucking. And we're going to unpack that in a little bit after the break on Heard It Here with Swanee, just how the Eagles have kind of morphed into this different team under Barrier right after this. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not far, Louisiana man. The theme song, Bison Nation. We're going to let this one uh, play out a little bit. I know this is one of your favorite parts every year. Bison Nation, national semifinal games, getting the Fargo Dome rocking. And how many times, Chase Miller, are we going to hear that song? If you're going to play in Texas, and God bless Texas, by Little Texas, those two songs are going to be played when we're broadcasting from Wild Pitch in six days, Friday, all day long, starting with Joel Heitkamp's News and Views in the morning, then Afternoons Live with Tyler Axness and everything else for a, a full day wire-to-wire coverage. I would bet we hear that song at least a dozen times from Wild Pitch. That song, you're going to hear Thunderstruck. You're going to hear maybe some more ACDC uh, songs. And on top of that, I'm just going to be honest with you, after being down there a couple times, they cater to Bison fans. There's two big banners last year that's about as big as this wall inside uh, 740 The Fan where you're sitting next to, Swanee, that said, Bison fans, welcome here. Not James Madison fans. It said, Bison fans, welcome here. And they're definitely catering to those that they know and love that have came down how many times, 15,000-plus strong, down to Frisco, Texas. Well, there's several establishments down there, and I believe Wild Pitch is one of them that over the years have joined team makers. Exactly. That yep. have joined North yep. Dakota State's booster group and given money to North Dakota State University's athletic programs. And, and I remember one of the, maybe it was the third or fourth year down there, I was, I was down at Wild Pitch with the Six, Flag, Six Flags boys, 
and we were talking to the general manager from Wild Pitch, and he was saying, hands down, it's not even close. Their most profitable days of the year are when North Dakota State comes to town. We were hearing stories, too, asking some of the veteran uh, servers there or the general manager saying, what are your busier days? You know, is it a Super Bowl? Is it a Valentine's Day? Is it the 4th of July? Is it uh, what, what What do you do? And they say, well, anybody that's been here long enough that's a tenured vet, uh, they get their pick of what nights they want to work, a.k.a. what nights they can make the most money. And they've called it Bison Weekend. Whatever Bison Weekend that Frisco Championship is, they just know it as Bison Weekend, and that's normally either one or two. But he said almost everybody that's been here once wants to work it again and becomes number one. And when you go around Frisco and Plano and the Dallas area, on the Bison Illustrated podcast, Chase, we had John this past week. You can find that on iTunes and SoundCloud. It's up on BisonIllustrated.com. We talked about, from a fan's perspective, what a North Dakota State fan's like their favorite parts about Frisco, Texas. And you hit the nail right on the proverbial head that when you go around to these places, it is Bison headquarters. You, it was so funny to me. I remember the uh, the year we played Jacksonville State, that North Dakota State played them down in Frisco. And we were in one of the establishments down there, and a couple of Jacksonville State fans walked in, and it looked like, they, they looked like literal deers in the headlights. Their eyes just got big saying are you kidding me what no thanks we're we're gonna find a different place but it really don't matter where they try to go because everywhere down there is blanketed with bison flags with green and with yellow which segues into some sound i thought was pretty interesting from eastern washington head coach aaron best about the idea that the teams are going down to play on a supposed neutral field you know, we'll obviously uh, understand that there it may be, even though it's neutral, maybe a little bit louder than a neutral venue. A lot of this team has played in the Fargo Dome in 2016 and fell short in Fargo, uh, 50 to 44 in overtime, just a couple years back. So that to me, to me, that's interesting to hear an away team's coach talking about the the facility down there, Toyota Stadium. It's going to be full of Bison fans. I would guess at a minimum, it's going to be. 75 to 25 at a minimum. Eastern Washington could not sell out their ticket allotment from the NCAA. And I know a lot of you listening went online to Eastern Washington's athletic site and bought a lot of tickets, which I I think comparing this to other years, I think we're going to have a crowd that's a lot like 2013. It's going to be 85-15 or maybe even 90-10 in favor of North Dakota State and that place at Toyota Stadium, it was loud. It was an awesome crowd last year when North Dakota State played James Madison. There's a reason they call that place Fargo Dome South on the ESPN broadcast. It's going to be a very partisan and very loud North Dakota State contingent in Frisco one week from today. And the other thing, too, that fans are going to be able to see is the National Soccer Hall of Fame it is all said and done on the opposite end zone of where the bands sit. You have that complete section out done with the suites that they have that's supposedly funny as wide as a football field's uh, end zone is. It's going to be up there in the suites. So we'll hear more information on that. Obviously, uh, that just adds to the amenities a little bit there. It's going to bring the noise in maybe just a, a hair more just because they do have a banner that's kind of over the top that that's raised. So, you know, for, for Bison fans that, that have made the tra- uh, trek down there, whether it's every year or, uh, you know, every other year, this year inside Toyota Stadium might look a little bit different 
than in previous years, which is always the question of, well, how many times have you gone to Frisco? Is Have you done it once too many times? Do you really need to go again? And I think you, you have some folks like that, but in, for the most part, I think anybody who comes back down to Frisco, even if they've gone one time or you know every time, and this is their seventh time, there's something different about every year and about every story. Maybe you run into former Bison players now that were on the 2011-12 team that you didn't see the first year. Maybe you're running into uh, different family members or you know relatives or friends or friends that you just maybe haven't seen in a while that all of a sudden you just kind of bump shoulders with, and you hear those stories all the time down there. With so many of our fans coming up from the northern tier of the country, especially the weather we've had in the last few days up here, I know one of my favorite parts about going down to Frisco outside of just the the big NDSU homecoming vibe and to see tens of thousands of Bison fans over a 1,000 miles from home is getting a little bit of a break from this winter weather and being able, the early forecast right now, I know we're still, you know, a week out, but they're talking right now temps in the, the 50s. So that, that'll be nice. That'll feel downright tropical for, for Bison fans who will be walking around in T-shirt weather at tailgating and the weather certainly from from week from a week out. And I, and I understand, you know, the weather can can change quite obviously in the course of a few days as we've seen up here within the last week. But those temperatures, you know, North Dakota State, Eastern Washington, that shouldn't play too much of a role in the football game a week from today. No, I think the only thing that fans, players, coaches are concerned about is after the Frisco Bowl was down there, got a little ripped up with uh, the rain that they had between Ohio and San Diego State, I think a lot of fans will remember the Towson game because of how it felt like someone took a nine iron out there that just started golfing at times and he had a bunch of divots everywhere. Just chunked it up. And that's probably the only concern you really have once you get onto that field is once the teams go through their walkthroughs and once the teams go through kind of their you know on the field practices before kickoff at 11 a.m. you know a week from today is how that field is going to stand up. And if you have your one or two divots, that's fine, that's natural. But all of a sudden, when you get those big piles of rugs and carpets that it look like, then that becomes a little bit more of a concern. Yeah, and especially going back to that game against Towson, players couldn't keep their feet. They, right. they were falling down, and the grounds crew was having to go out between uh, during TV timeouts and trying to patch it up. I got a, a buddy, uh, one of Tyler Axness's boys from up by Leeds, North Dakota, one of the Kirk Heides, who literally walked out of that stadium with a three-foot-by-three-foot <laughs> chunk of turf a lot of bison fans did that adam pelcheski the uh, head basketball coach in west fargo former roommate one of my best buddies he walked out with a chunk of grass and actually potted it and planted it when we got back to fargo trying to grow it so i don't think we'll have those sorts of issues there one of one of the things though that's intriguing to me and we're not really going to have any idea about this until the ball kicks off next saturday is how the three-week layoff between the semifinals and the national championship is going to impact the teams. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get back from the break. J.T. Tiuli, the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. Coach Best has not commented on his playing status. He says it's a, an issue where he's not allowed to comment on it. So I don't know we're going to learn much more about that, at least in the next few days, and what his status is for that football game. But on top of that, North Dakota State, for the seventh time in the last eight years is going through what they call winter camp where they know the routine. They know the practice schedules. They know the distractions down there in Frisco, Texas, and they know how to put all of that aside. And it's interesting to see a team 
going down there for the first time in nearly a decade because this this national championship is so much different from what it was in 2010, especially with North Dakota State bringing down 20,000 people, the spectacle that it has become. It's it's really like its own unique bowl game, even though it's a national championship. So how Eastern Washington handles that will be interesting to, to me. I don't know if it'll have an impact on the game, but if Eastern Washington, I, I think, Chase, if you get down early to the Bison, good luck catching up because North Dakota State, once they get you down by a few touchdowns, they tend to bury you. I want to thank uh, Valley Tire, Welton's Tire Service, Chris Heisey, American Family Insurance Agent, Legacy Wealth Management, and TRS Industries. And finally, for the first time in a couple of weeks, we've got a game day pick em prediction segment coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and 107.3 FM. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? We got a game day prediction segment here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, 107.3 FM. Chase, we've got Wall to wall coverage starting next Friday on the family of networks, KFGO 790 and 740 The Fan, covering the games. It's going to be a real exciting Friday for the uh, listeners out there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm heading down there Tuesday night, so there will be some stuff on the websites as well and social media platforms on KFGO and 740 The Fan starting all, all of a sudden on Wednesday. Obviously, Coach Kleiman has his press conference the Monday before they leave, so just two days from now we'll know more about injury updates and the whole nine yards hopefully by then. But on Friday, if you're going down, coming out to uh, Wild Pitch, they did it last year for us, and they're doing it again this year. They normally don't open until like 11 o'clock in the morning, like most you know, sports bar and grill places. Well, they had a brunch down there. Or he's starting to believe it was 9 o'clock in the morning. So come on down the wild pitch. Hang out with us the entire day. Uh, news and views with Joel Heinkamp will be down there from 8 to 11 a.m. The Jack Michael Show, I'm going to be down there in Ford Jack from 12 to 1. And then I know you're jumping on with Tyler Axis on Afternoons Live from 2 to 6, an extended version there going into the drive with Derek Hansen. And then on uh, Friday night, we're doing like our own little pre-pep fest before the game gets going from 7 to 8 o'clock. And that's also going to be from uh, Wild Pitch right here on 740 The Fan. So wall-to-wall coverage on top of press conferences, on top of stories, on top of finding out who are some of the other Bison players that might have showed up all of a sudden last minute because they want to check out. I remember last year talking to John Crockett saying, what's different compared to being a player? And he's like, oh, man, so much. We get to have fun. (laughs) Yeah, so much is different. Now, I can, you know, it's not a business trip. It's more of a leisure trip. So just seeing how his eyes just brighten and his grin from ear to ear just kind of was like, yeah, we, we had some fun the last night or two. That That's what makes it fun talking to those former players. One of my favorite Frisco stories, this would have been, I think, against uh, Illinois State that year, and uh, a bunch of the former players were back, were back, and I know a bunch of those guys. And Joe Mays, former linebacker, great here, one of the best they ever do it at NDSU, went on to a real nice career in the NFL. So Joe comes into one of the establishments I was at, and I had been having a good time, like I had been at Wild Pitch for about 12 hours, which – I might not even be exaggerating there. So it's me and Brent Tavine, uh, Mike Dragosevich, a bunch of other guys. So I sit down and I talk with Joe, and I and I think we have about a five to ten minute conversation, catch up a little bit. And the next day, Joe came out to me, Swanee man, how you feeling today? 
said, Joe, I'm a little groggy. I got a little bit of a headache. He goes, man, you were like someone put eight quarters in you for an hour last night. We just had this great heart to heart. I'm like, that's great, Joe. I wish I remember half of it. <laughs> just, it's really cool to see all those guys down there. And I would suspect wild pitch all day Friday. A lot of former buys and greats are going to be out there and we're going to pull a few of them on the air, do some live interviews there. The, the kickoff next Saturday is at 11 o'clock central time at Toyota stadium. You know, when, when we go through these scores and we try to do a game day prediction for the championship, I don't know that I've gone on the record yet making a prediction, but here's here's what's so interesting about these games, which in theory should be four-quarter contested contests. NDSU and the six FCS championship games they've played in. Sam Houston, number one, back in 2011, four-quarter game that wasn't sealed until Travis Beck's interception and Brock Jensen punctuates the first FCS championship with that touchdown plunge. Sam Houston, two over midway through the third quarter. Towson, over in the third quarter. Illinois State, the Carson Wentz, the drive game to R.J. Erzendowski, that game went down to the closing seconds. Jacksonville State, over in the third quarter. James Madison, that one went all the way to the end and took Easton Stick scrambling around on a fourth down and chucking the ball up to the heavens. His time ran out. So the question is, what are we more likely to get against Eastern Washington? A game like that. Sam Houston won Illinois State, James Madison championship, or are we looking at a Sam Houston 2, Towson, Jacksonville State kind of game where the party's starting in the third quarter? I, I wish I could make this prediction, 20, but that's why they call them a prediction. You know, after watching the first two drives of both teams, just to see what the line play can be like. If Eastern Washington doesn't get maybe two turnovers in this game, you feel or special teams play, you feel like North Dakota State, if they can ground and pound, take care of the ball, and then continue to capitalize on opportunities and punch it in for a six once they get into the red zone, that they could get up by two scores at halftime, maybe even a little bit more than two scores. And if that's the case, it's going to be a long day for Eastern Washington in the second half. If Eastern Washington can get into the locker room tied, maybe with the possession leader only being down by a possession, then I think you kind of uh, you know saddle up, close the door. We got ourselves a four-quarter affair, but – if it, if it comes out early and NDSU hits early on in the first quarter and everything is going their way, it could be a long day, I think, for the Eagles, as we've seen multiple times from multiple teams. And, and we heard that from uh, Dan Hunt, the head coach from Colgate, when they played North Dakota State, where after the game he said, look, we were down at 14, but we were, we were within striking distance at the half, and that's where we wanted to be. Against South Dakota State, the Jacks were within striking distance, a one touchdown. Well, let me tell you something. Bison Nation. North Dakota State is going down to Frisco, Texas on a mission. And I don't think those Eagles from Cheney, Washington are going to be within striking distance after halftime. It's going to be the Rams, the big nasty guys up front, just taking it to Eastern Washington with physical play. And they're going to score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And Code Green is going to show why it's the best defense in FCS college football, and they are going to absolutely get after Barry A for Eastern Washington. It's going to be all bison all day as they walk away with a 49-10 win against Eastern Washington in Frisco, Texas. This is Herded here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan reminding you that the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Hey!